0: Welcome to Happy Hour, a work, career and life podcast with your host Penny Blackmore and Brittany Bowering. If you like our show, please rate, review and subscribe uh,
1: so that other people can find it. And uh, we just love that a lot. So thank you. Yes, we would. Thank you. How the hell are you, Britt? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, I've had a um, a fun week so far. Um, we're recording this on a Friday, so we're kind of at the end of our weeks, which is kind of nice. Um, (gasps) yeah, it feels like really happy hour-esque, you know, it's like Mm. the right time and place. Um, but this week has been kind of funny because I've been working with Canadians. My first, my first little Canadian, uh, they're not really that little of a company, but my first Canadian company. Um, and it's been a real, uh, it's just kind of, I forgot, you know, uh, what Canadians are like. And they're just mm. so cute, you know. They're so happy oh, yeah. and so, um, so nice all the time. Like, everyone's so nice to each other. Like, people give compliments to each other just, like, all the time. It's That's hilarious. So nice. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like facilitating this workshop and then like a conversation will break out between two people who are just like fighting about which one is like better at something. You know, they're both just like pumping each other up. It's very cute. That's so nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's been really nice. But because I'm working with a Canadian company, of course, there's the old time difference. So I've had Mm -hmm. this this funny kind of, like my week has been really weird because I've been kind of reshaping the way that I run my days so that I can like conserve some energy for the evening because that's when I'll be working. Mm. And I know that I'm maybe overanalyzing it, but, um, but I really kind of, I was like, okay, I'm not going to shower until like midday, you know, because I don't want to do everything at once and then be, you know, too, too
0: prepared too early. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. 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 When I was a gymnast, I was obsessed with, uh, whether I was competing in the morning or the afternoon or the evening, evening mm. was worst case scenario because I'd just be. I think it was more of a psycho uh, psychological thing than anything. But I was kind of like, I have to conserve energy because it's so tiring when I compete. Yeah. Like, I just really wanted to like make sure that I was holding as much energy as possible. So it was ideal to compete in the morning. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I find it really. Um, funny because
1: it really feels like when i when i do these workshops and facilitate things that i'm it's sort of like a little performance so it's like Mm. i'm trying to kind of like not do too much so that i can be really clear and very kind of just on point you know during this
0: oh totally
1: workshop thing so yeah it's worked pretty well though i've got a bit of a i had a bit of a system um and i think it, it worked out quite well it also incorporates drinking coffee later in the day yeah uh which, you know, I don't know if that's good for my sleeping pattern, but you know,
0: whatever, right? It's just one week, yeah. so it's all good. And so pray tell a little bit more about this system. Is there anything juicy in there? Or? Yeah.
1: So, based, so what I usually do um, is I will wake up and do some kind of form of exercise, like something very small usually, to be honest. But mm-hmm. what I've been doing this week is I get up I go out, I have a very relaxed morning. So I'd like go out and get a coffee or go for a walk, something like not work-related and also not like workout-related. And then I'll do like a little bit of work and then have, and then like do a workout or a yoga session or something that will like like, you know, wake me up around, you know, noonish, and mm-hmm. then I'll have lunch. And then it's kind of like I'm be- I feel like I'm beginning my work day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's worked really well actually for me. And also, you know, eating dinner a little bit weird times because of, yeah, workshop times. But anyway, but that's what I would say. I, I think it's about uh, you know, getting that energy boost at the right time. For me, that comes from like a bit of exercise or a bit of movement of the old of Brits Bod. <laughs> Move that yeah. body.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, like exercise is definitely proven to spike dopamine and energy levels and all of that sort yeah, of thing. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. it. What's going on with you, Pen? Well, um, what's up? What's up? Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I I feel weird saying this, but I've kind of launched a business. I mean, I Whoop. haven't launched a business at all, but I've st- taken steps towards it. That is um, very exciting. Thank you. I.e. I I have an Instagram page with four posts on it and I have one landing page where you can put your email address into the uh, thing to stay updated. I've put Um, my email
1: address in there. Thanks. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. (laughs) Tell (laughs) us about tell us about the the business.
0: Give a little Um, elevator pitch. I'll do a little pitch. Uh, So the idea is that a lot of people uh, would like to have a mentor at work, like someone to encourage them and someone to give them really solid advice. Um, And so I kind of want to create that in app form, Mm -hmm. uh, which is (laughs) – Uh, I don't, I can't decide if it's depressing or not that people are going to an app for their, or potentially would be going to an app for work advice, but um, I have a whole bunch of ideas about the way it kind of plays out. So I'm very excited about it. Um, And I, I think uh, basically I was talking to my friend this morning and the, the key thing in these moments is to not start getting way ahead of yourself. So it's like, of course, this could all fail and that would be really catastrophic for me because I really care about this project. I've been thinking about it for so long and trying to figure out the best approach and so on. Um, so it can be really easy to get way ahead and be like, okay, well I'll need this much funding and then when I'm running the business I'll do it this way and yeah. the the next iteration will look like this when actually it's crucial to kind of focus on the The actual next step and nothing else. So for me right now, the next step is, well, I guess I don't need to go into details about that, but, um, there's a very critical small next step that I can do by myself. And I'm just trying to focus on that thing as opposed to letting it all blow out of proportion.
1: Like one step at a time, one foot in front of the other kind of thing. Yeah.
0: I mean, like that cliche is so true. Um, and also I think in terms of Uh, just kind of keeping on top of your confidence levels with these things because there's a lot of stories that people tell themselves. That's a Brené Brown (laughs) thing. She's like, the stories that I'm telling myself are like, well, I'm not the sort of person that can do this or I'm too lazy or I can't create content as often as I need to. Like I'm really, my mind is in overdrive telling me all the reasons why I can't do it. And so you really have to be quite conscious about that and stay on top of it a little bit so that it's not actually stopping you from doing what you want to do. Yeah. So yeah, that's a whole... F- I feel like I just had therapy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm just like, that's my whole download. That's <laughs> the
1: unload. Yeah, exactly. I mm-hmm. mean, I think that that is... Um, yeah, uh, a friend of mine actually text, I woke up to a text from a Canadian friend of mine who was talking about, she said, like, I was just reading something and it said that um, only some people have inner monologues. And she's like, and I thought that everybody has an inner monologue running all of the time, (laughs) like me in their head. And I was just laughing um, because it's just kind of funny. Like, I think a lot of people do, but apparently it's not, it, not all people do, but it's kind of this thing where You are kind of constantly having a conversation with yourself. I think a lot of people have that sort of Mm. uh, problem of just trying to
0: manage that
1: in some way. Yeah
0: yeah I, I've mean, like what is an inner monologue what's the definition of that because I have yeah. thoughts
1: I know that's I what, don't know if I have an inner monologue that's what I was trying to figure out because she's like do you guys have it And my other friend was like definitely and I was like well I don't know I mean I definitely have I, I talk to myself sometimes quite often mm-hmm. I have thoughts you know that I'm kind of debating in my brain but I don't know if I'm having like an,
0: a full-blown conversation no I'm not either I think it's more like my thoughts are quite abstract yeah um, there's no like clear linear narrative to it. It's not like I'm sitting there like, okay, Penny, now you're going to make breakfast and it's going to be, yeah, you know, a cup of coffee and avocado on toast or whatever. That doesn't happen. Exactly. I'm just like visualizing an avocado in my fridge and being like, yes, I bought an avocado.
1: And just frothing, <laughs> just sal- nom, salivating. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I found that really interesting. The inner monologue. I wonder how many people who are listening to this, well, we're currently your inner monologue. Oh, oh my
0: God! We're in your ear holes. We're in the ear holes. Oh gosh! Britt, um, can yes. I ask you a question? Oh, I know please. we're on Zoom right now. Yeah. But have you? Do you feel like you've reached? You've maxed out on Zoom calls, like the social ones. Oh my God! Yes. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of over it. Yeah. yeah I find it. It can be really awkward when someone's like, "Well, let's do a FaceTime," and you're like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to have to. First of all, I don't want to have to think of things to say for an hour or two when frankly nothing is happening yeah. and I haven't really left my apartment very much but also I don't want to make my face presentable for a video call are you insane
1: yeah that was um, there was someone someone wanted to call me like the other day and uh and they just wanted to ask me like a question and I was like oh yeah for sure you give me a call and then they called me on like a video call and I was so Mm. surprised. I was like, whoa, oh, okay, a video call. I think it's like everybody's default these days is just like, we're just all
0: doing video calls, uh, which is funny. You also have to look like you're paying attention. Like I like to carry my phone around in my pocket and do some things around the house. I'm not going to sit still. And the thing is like, (laughs) you're the worst though. Penny is the (laughs) worst for
1: concentrating on anything, like, like focusing on one thing at a time.
0: I have a very short attention span. Yeah, I've tried to increase it, um, but yeah, like my auntie called the other day, and I know she's not listening, so I can say this. And I told her that I dropped my phone and that my camera was not working. That's um, funny. And she's like, "Oh no!" And I'm like, "Oh, it'll it'll be fine. It'll get better. It'll heal itself. It it'll it'll be always does." Our s- next call, yeah. I promise. <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, yes. Funny. But yeah, I, I think uh because I read this article this morning, which I'll link in the show notes that was like suggesting a couple of diplomatic ways of getting out of these calls because Ooh. obviously and and I was like, this is very on point. So um I mean my personal preference is like, oh, I've just I've I I actually just tell people straight up at the moment, like I'm actually very maxed out on like calls at the moment because for me, like a lot of my friends in Australia, are uh, the time difference works so that when I get up in the morning, that's a good time for me to call them or them to call me, and that's their evening. But like having a call in the morning for an hour and a half or two hours, it's fucks your day up big time. Yeah, totally. So I just tell them, I'm like, listen, I'm not doing any calls this week. I'll let you know when I am doing calls. And they're just like, oh, okay, like, <laughs> cool. I mean, because they know
1: you, that doesn't. That's you know, they know you really well, so you can just be totally but does that sound honest. Bad? Is that a bad thing to well, say? No, I guess not. Person? I guess not. But like, I feel like uh, I would never. I wouldn't be able to. S- like, I wouldn't oh. feel comfortable saying that to my friends. Like, I'm not
0: doing calls this week. Like, it just. Oh, you know mean, what like, I mean? No. Oh yeah, maybe the phrasing was wrong. I. I. I <laughs> <laughs> I feel terrible now. I feel like Beyonce. Like yeah, exactly. I'm not doing interviews. It, it right did sound now.
1: a little yeah, a little um uh diva, a little diva s. Oh, so
0: well, here, listen, no, but maybe I am a diva. Yeah, I mean a little bit,
1: right? <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing that people don't think about when they're like, because I think if you talk to people about video calls, they'll realize that when you're doing Zoom calls, um, regularly, it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, and it's because there's so much. So it's definitely different from being in a room with people where you're, you know, uh, face to face because you're Mm. on a Zoom call, you've got your face, you've got everybody else's face, you've got all the things, you know, you're trying to watch several things happen at once. You got glitches, Uh you got to pay attention more because the audio is maybe, you know, everything is just, you're on like heightened, sensibility yeah. for, you know, whatever it is, an hour or two. It's exhausting,
0: you know? And also because, like, the sound is such that you can't actually talk over people. So there yeah. actually can't be multiple conversations at once, like there can yeah. be in real life. So uh, you kind of have to be really hyper alert of whether you're speaking over someone or someone was going to start a sentence or, totally. you know, like trying to jump in. And d- I think it's the alertness that you need that's so exhausting. And also I can't hear any more about masks I can't hear anymore. about I, I've, stu- I don't care about coronavirus anymore. I mean, like, obviously, I deeply care about it. But I don't want. I can't hear anymore about it. Yeah. I'm just like, take your h- hand spray elsewhere. Okay. <laughs> I mean, spritz me first, but that's yeah, it. Yeah, give me a spritz and then get out of here. phrase extremely online? Um, No, actually. Okay. So uh, I think that's uh, basically very emblematic of what it's all about, but (laughs) basically being extremely online is a person who spends a lot of time like reading online media, engaging with social media, looking at uh, all kinds of different publications and like engaging with internet culture basically. right. Um, And you know how internet culture has like so many different levels of memes and like phrases and uh terminology and stuff. Yes. So like for example, uh well, actually no, that's a bad example. I was gonna I say an something example. about yeah, go
1: on, Brit. I feel like I you've think, got one. There. I think this is probably uh, an example. I mean I'm just assuming. But the that mm-hmm. whole thing where it's like no one ever and then there's a blank. Said and then said no one ever. Yeah, no one yeah, ever. Yeah. yeah, see, exactly. I don't even know what yeah. it is properly. <laughs> but and then you have this thing of of
0: your response or whatever.
1: Yeah. Like me yeah. when I'm eating or something.
0: <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> and that, like that feeling when, and all those yeah. sort of like internet meme things from like Reddit and Twitter and so on. I mean, like I never thought I was extremely online and now I know I very much am. You totally um, <laughs> are. <laughs> Especially since coronavirus, I'm like, have you heard this latest thing about this person? And everyone's like... Looking at me like, who the hell is that? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, it's Jeffrey Epstein's mistress's mother. Like, uh, you know, and they're just like, who's Jeffrey? Epstein? And I'm like, okay, fine. I'm sorry, I've, I've gone too deep in the internet. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah, it,
1: it's crazy because I think like you, um, I've never actually known someone who ha- who like reads more online or just like is more like has more. Um, yeah, you just, you know exactly where to find exactly what you're looking for all the time online. Whereas me, I'm like, I go to Google, you know, I'm like, I'm Googling things and then I find (laughs) things, but you, I feel like have these really specific places where you go, um, Mm. to find what you're looking for. And, um, I think people often think because I'm on Instagram that I'm also like extremely
0: online, but I don't think I am. No, you're definitely not. No. And I think that it's funny because I think the reason for this is that I'm like weirdly addicted to learning. Like I feel yeah. like if I know enough things, then I'll be able to solve certain problems, even even if it's just a problem in my own mind, like some I need to form an opinion about something. I just obsessively kind of go down these internet rabbit holes where I'm like, Oh okay well that makes sense but what about this and like just trying to put the puzzle pieces of the world together Totally, um, yeah yeah it's a weird thing
1: yeah i'm like a i'm you're addicted to learning i'm like addict i'm addicted to like experience you know what i mean like like experiencing mm-hmm. all of these different things so it's but i, I but I, I i really envy um like i i want to like i want to be this person who knows more and who is like inquisitive but i don't have this like i'm curious but not in that same way if that makes sense mm. i don't really know how I to mean, explain like, it
0: yeah it's funny when you i mean like i always tell people to just you've got your strengths and yeah. just get really excited about those and forget the ones that you don't have yeah. like i i call this radical self acceptance yes. which also involves a lot of other shit <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> um, and, and what about you, Brit? What's your little next uh, next guy? Next My nugget,
1: nugget. So, nugget. Oh yeah, we never really introduced how we're doing this episode. We just both have a couple of things we want to talk about, so we're just rolling with it. And oh um, boy, yeah. So the one, one that I actually thought was really um, interesting, and I've been just thinking a lot about it lately, is um, uh, it's something we've talked about many times before, but defining your offering.
0: Slow clap. Yeah. <laughs> I know that it's,
1: maybe it's like, wah, wah, you know, it's not a super exciting topic, but here's oh, the thing.
0: No. I love this topic. I, it is a it's good one topic. one of my favorite things to do with clients.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. So I've just been thinking more about this because of the fact of um, the unmentionable uh, period that we're going through right now. Um, because of that, it's interesting because there are, are several things happening, right? One thing, of course, is that, uh, you know, there's just Less work going around in general because a lot of companies are holding on to their, you know, their money, which are their mm-hmm. budgets and everything. But another thing that's happening, which is kind of an exciting thing and maybe what we should be focusing on is the fact that for a lot of people, um, the opportunity is... Opening up to work with people in other places, so Mm -hmm. you have this opportunity now that people are now coming around to the idea of remote work. That you can actually like, like I worked with this Canadian company that would have never happened if Corona didn't happen, right? Like literally, it would have never because I would have said, okay, so I need to come to Canada and then that'll have to happen here, and I'll have to buy flights and I'll have to you know pay for all this stuff, and it would have been out of budget for them, right? But now that we could do it remotely and that I felt comfortable, it was just it just opened up. So now I'm really trying to figure out like really definitively what it is that I want to offer because Mm. it's even more important now that potentially I mean hopefully right like this is of course the ideal scenario that you now have more opportunity to work with a variety of other clients you need to define your offering even more so
0: than ever before. Right. Yeah, a hundred percent. And also, like you, I mean, I guess this hasn't happened in quite a while. But you used to have the luxury of going and having a coffee with a potential client, and they yeah. would kind of like you'd sit there for an hour and you would talk through, and you'd be able to, if you needed to, you could draw a diagram. And and part of that interaction was that they were buying into you as a brand, or or me as a brand, or whoever. Yes. Um. Uh, and as a person, and they're like, I like this person. I don't. They might not ex- understand exactly what you do but they're buying into you anyway because they like you and they believe in you. Um, And that sort of human interaction going away, I think it's going to have an impact. Um, and, And that's exactly why you need to be able to be like, this is what I do, this, this and this. Yeah, exactly. And be like really
1: own that. Um, Mm -hmm. so that people know, like, because people's options also like clients options have now opened up as well, right? They have Mm -hmm. like, now that everybody can do things remotely, or at least everybody's comfortable ish with it. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the options are open as well. So you, you really do need to kind of redefine yourself and, uh, and just, just almost have a little bit more focus. I mean, I'm still a big fan of being a bit of a generalist and I think I just Mm. always will be, but I'm, I'm just sort of hyper aware that I should be kind of, um. Yeah, just re redefining my offering. I,
0: I think defining an offering doesn't mean honing in on a specific thing. I think it can still remain quite broad. Um Ooh, good but point. just being able to yeah. sort of like I, I mean I we always say to go back to our episode on developing your professional voice because there's a couple of epi- um, exercises in that episode yeah. that uh, kind of take you through the process of how do I talk about myself? Like what what is it that I say when someone says to me, okay, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, what do you do? Um, yeah. And exactly. it's funny because like working in the tech space Uh, obviously Berlin is very tech heavy so it's not such a big deal here but uh, for example like my sister lives in the country in Australia and um, nobody works in tech out there and so like the process of meeting her friends and some of her you know people her neighbours and so on I have to Make sure that what I'm saying, when they say, what do you do? I have to make sure that makes sense. Like, yeah. And I think that's a really common thing for people to be like, oh, shit. Like, I might walk around the streets and be like, oh, I'm a... a- so-and-so that doesn't like all these jargony buzzwords and then you meet people who don't work in the industry and you're like shit what do I actually do like how do I explain this to a person who doesn't work in this space so
1: yeah 100 cool Mm. yeah so just that's uh one of my things that I've been thinking about a lot lately and it's an exciting time I think
0: um And what, and do you, and tell me, oh. b- before we go ahead, I mean, like, when you think about defining your offering, what does that look like? Like, w- how are you sort of approaching that?
1: Well, I guess um, when I first went uh, freelance and started consulting, I was kind of, uh, I was like, okay, well, I can facilitate workshops. I could run design sprints. I can, you know, I can make workshops for people I can train I can you know I can also teach people about content and I can teach them how to you know incorporate that into their so I had a lot of things going on and just like I was kind of just taking everything that that was thrown at me or asked of me I was like yep I can do that and then I just do it um so at this point I think that I'm really transitioning into like full kind of content um, strategy stuff that seems to be mm. the direction that I'm going in. And I'm really enjoying that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of really focus in on that. And that's my thought right now is, is uh, what can I offer my clients? Because I'm, you know, I'm getting asked for a lot of different things surrounding that topic. So I'm like, what are the things that I should offer that would be the most kind of um, universal? And then I can mm. continue to offer like those specialized curated um things for like the premium ones but having something a little bit more um accessible I think and wide like to a wider variety of people will mm. be will be cool I think
0: yeah and I also think it's about hitting that sweet spot between what the demand is, like what people want you to do and what you want to do. Because like heaps of people want me to do certain stuff in my, uh, I guess, portfolio, not portfolio, in my range of skills. And I'm like, I would rather die, honestly. Like if I had to do that stuff, I would... I'd rather die. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so it's like, what do I want to do? And uh, what it, what do people want me to do? And finding that kind of like cross-section there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I found a really cool kind of um, niche this week that, that I was doing this. This was like a, a kind of a, a, um, a, what is the word I'm looking for? Where you build something specifically for a client, a very- Oh, bespoke. Yeah, or like, custom. exactly. Like a custom kind of training mm. workshop where basically mm. I'm helping them um, learn how to communicate about what they're doing. They're, they're a very mm-hmm. cool organization. They're actually a nonprofit and they're doing really cool stuff. And so they want to kind of inspire their people to talk a little bit more publicly about what they're doing and, uh, and to share a little bit more online. So it was basically like I was talking to all these people that were doing really cool work and sh- trying to show them how easily they could share that with, you know, with the public, uh, via social media channels. And it was just so cool. Um, I felt really, it was just, it was all the balance of the things that I like. The fun part of like training and facilitating a workshop, having an outcomes focused, you know, uh, uh, training engagement where people are actually producing, you know, pieces of content at the end and, and just the whole, yeah, the whole kind of system. I thought this is something that I should definitely be offering. And so I'm just kind Mm. of playing around with these things and,
0: and figuring out what's hitting and what's not. You know, nice. Yeah, I yeah. think you just hit on something finally there, which is like if you, and as a business as well, if you as a business can't define your offering in a, in a snackable, not snackable, but digestible way, then how yeah. the hell are you going to use social media? Yeah. <laughs> how the hell are you going to tell anyone else? Um, exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, like everybody's, I've noticed that everybody's jumping on the content, bandwagon lately and it's interesting because I was saying to my friend the other day like obviously content is an incredible strategy to use uh, or uh, sorry an incredible tool to use if you have a brand that you're trying to get out there but um it does, it's, it's like anything else. Like it takes training and expertise and work. You yeah. can't just like, Yeah. Uh, it takes sometimes years to build a good following, um, yeah. not just an, an odd blog post here and there. So totally. yeah, it was just commitment yeah. and yeah, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a discipline like everything else. It's not yeah. just sitting on Instagram and clicking yeah. away. Exactly. Exactly. All right. What do you have next for us, Penn? Okay, so um, I'd like to know from you, Brittany, Yes. in terms of being an expert, do you think being an expert means that you know everything and you have all the answers, or is it healthy for an expert to have doubts and unknowns? Um, Well, (laughs) (laughs) now that I read it out, it's a flippin' dumb question.
1: (laughs) I'm like, I feel like everybody uh, is going to have the same answer to this, but um, I, I would just say that God, I hope that experts can um, have doubts and unknowns because, um, you know, I do consider myself a little bit of an expert in certain areas, but I have, I've never not, I've never not had a doubt, you know, I Mm. always have small doubts and unknowns and I'm always playing with things. So my answer would be B. Or whatever it great. was. Yeah.
0: Great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm the same. And I think that um, we need to like be more I I think it inspires trust when someone's like, oh, I actually don't know the answer to that question. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's weird the way like industries and political figures and journalists and TV presenters, like everybody seems to have a different standard for how much Like, for example, politicians, if you're a politician and you say, I don't know, then everyone's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm like, we should be welcoming that kind of uh, acceptance and and honesty. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing wrong with not knowing. um, And it's actually preferable to not know and admit it because then you can go ahead and uh, find out. It's also, like, uh, such a relief to be able to just be to
1: be honest and say, oh, I actually don't. Like I find once I realize that, that I could just say that and that people aren't going to be like, oh, well, she clearly isn't worth her, uh, you know, day rate. Day rate. (laughs) She doesn't know that, you know, and Mm. I, so once I gave myself permission to to admit to a client or whatever that, you know, actually I don't, I don't actually know about that. Um, it's not something that I've used before or done before. Mm. It's just this like you feel so like, huh, oh, it's like really refreshing. Yeah. Um, that's how I've felt about it anyway.
0: Yeah, I remember early in my career uh, in business development, I would like go to client meetings and I wouldn't know 50% of things. Yeah, you know? And that was difficult because then it's obviously you can't sit there being like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You get like one or two I don't know's in a conversation. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of like, I'd faff around and d- it was interesting because like the way that you learn to do my job is to basically like make a fool of yourself for a really long time mm-hmm. um, in front of sometimes quite senior people. Um, and that's how you learn to not only sell, but uh, like you learn the intricacies of the product or service that you're selling. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 like... Confidence and ego bruising for the first bit, and then once you've got it, it's fine. It's like this kind of roller coaster of expertise, I guess. Absolutely. But but yeah, like now I'm totally fine saying I don't know. I know Um, I'm starting to feel really comfortable with it as well, and I'm loving life. I'll tell you. Yeah, it's
1: fab. Yeah. I mean, with that, of course, comes you know that that kind of ability to do that comes with, uh, of course, confidence right oh yeah yeah exactly and that's your next point isn't it yeah it's the next point god I love a good segue I have to say you just bridged that all the way over love it um and this one actually it's a it's something that I I was thinking about this week um and I I guess you were also dealing with the this as well this week with your new new company and new start a new business um yeah confidence so just generally like It's interesting to me that no matter what stage in the game you're at, you will always have moments where you feel less confident or more confident or times where you really are doubting your abilities. Um, I had a, a friend message me this week saying that, uh, she's about to do a, um, a workshop, a really big workshop. It was her first time doing like a remote workshop and she was really nervous. And, uh, and, and she was just like, do you have any tips and whatever? And I was giving her like facilitation tips. And she was like, what about the fact that I'm just like totally in my head, freaking out that I can't do this, you know? Mm. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's like, that's a big one. <laughs> and one that, um, I kind of just Gave her a little bit of, like, it's almost like this we were talking about before this inner monologue, like, what are you saying to yourself, right? Mm. So stop saying to yourself that you, you know, can I actually do this and questioning your abilities and start saying the things that you probably know to be true, like, um, there's a reason that I was asked to do this workshop. I am an expert in this topic. This is my topic mm. that I'm passionate about, and I, you know, I have a lot to say about it. You know, and all those kinds of things that you just need to kind of change the way that you're speaking to yourself. I think
0: that yeah, is the, one I like of the key examples that you gave as, I gave as well. Like maybe if you say I'm an expert in that topic, then that might be a lot for some people. But mm. then the next line, which is I'm passionate about it and I have a lot to share, yeah, that's fucking something. Like if you've got a lot of passion, then typically you don't actually register how much knowledge you have. You're kind of like, oh, but I like this. It's not work. It's just what I'm interested in. But that means that you're not noticing how much you actually know about it. And probably you're spending a lot of time learning about it as well.
1: And the other thing, like, so she had mentioned that she had done a, um, kind of a practice session with the person, the people who uh, had hired her. And and they said that uh, they had some feedback for her, right? And some Mm -hmm. constructive feedback. And so that really... you know that can really throw you right getting like negative feedback right before you're about to do something oh, that's like yeah. you, t- you know <laughs> that you're terrified about already and i and i think that what we often forget about this in just client work in general in terms of getting feedback and still feeling confident and being able to kind of take the feedback and move on is that when people are asked for their opinion about something especially in a work context when you have you know a few people on a call for instance or something People will always find something like that's a mm. you know like first of all there's a few things going there going on there right one thing mm. they could be trying to prove themselves that they have an opinion that they have something to say you know that they also 100%, are percent yeah, yeah you know there might be some weird politics you don't know about they you you know your client might also just be nervous because they are have a lot of pressure coming from them you know mm. so they're kind of relaying that to you like there's so many things that you just couldn't possibly be able to control or, you know, know about. So I think just Mm. knowing that, like having that in the back of your mind that, yeah, you know, uh, people will always say something if you ask them for, for some constructive criticism.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. (laughs) I just find that interesting. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Never ask for feedback. That's what we are learning. Um, No, but I just think that that's like important, you know, also um, another friend of mine, you know, is working on this project with a client and, and they keep coming back with this really, like really silly feedback. It's on like a creative project and it's like, you know, this is the classic thing, right? Where the client's like, well, I don't like that color or I don't Mm. like that, you know, and it's like, that is not helpful feedback, but It's this whole, yeah, it's this whole thing where if you ask people what they think, everyone's going to want to put something in, you know. Yeah,
0: and I think, I mean, like, I don't know how people deal with creative feedback. I can deal with, like, performance-based or behaviour-based or uh, very, like, hyper-specific work feedback, but if I was doing creative work and someone was like, oh, I don't really like this, I'd be like, well, you can just. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I don't know if I'd cope very well. I know. it's. This is, yeah, oh, working in a creative field is just... But actually, I mean, like, that brings up a really good point. Um, I think that, like, working in creative industries, you have to... Like, one of the skills that you develop on, alongside your... Um, your actual output is the ability to defend your work and that means that you have to know why you did something, you have to know how to explain that to someone and why there's a rationale. So uh, once you can do that, then you start putting yourself in a position where you're not so much responding to feedback as giving instruction as to like we made this decision because yes you you know like the market research showed this and because our, our conversation with the client said that and also because it aligns with this other thing so yeah. like really starting to like take the offensive and instead of the defensive could be a useful tactic there. And that's definitely what I try and do. I'm a very aggressive person. I'm like, I'd rather be the person to like speak first than be spoken to because it puts puts you on the front foot in a lot of ways.
1: Absolutely. Um, The front foot. The front foot. That's where I I want to be. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard that
0: before. It puts you on the front foot.
1: Yeah, I like that. Is that we made
0: it up? It's a good possibility I made it up. I do make up phrases all the time. That's funny. I would love did if I you made you that about, up. Did I tell you about the time that I in I was doing a presentation to a bunch of clients and I said, "It's like the naked leading the blind." <laughs> and they were like <laughs> You mean and I'm like, "What?" And they're like, "It's the blind leading the blind." And I'm like, oh, well, that's just so obvious. Like, this is cool because, like, it means that the naked person is like, hee-hee, I'm naked, and the blind person doesn't know. (laughs) It's like you don't know who's leading you, and the clients are just like, no. That's an outrageous, (laughs) that is hilarious. I love
1: that so much. It literally makes no sense, Penny. (laughs) I I think it does. I think it makes perfect
0: sense. In your brain,
1: in Penny's brain, it makes perfect sense, and that's really all that matters, let's be honest.
0: So, Britt, I've been getting back into the high-low recently. (gasps) Okay, good. Yes, I found for a little while. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, for a little while it was just, like... Pandora and Dolly. So guys, Pandora and Dolly run a podcast called The High Low. They're both very rich white women from London and they're both journalists and they're both blonde and very attractive. So it's kind of like, there's an element where you just have to be like, listen, I whatever. Yeah. I, I'll just go along. Yeah. Um, and it's very aspirational in that way. Cause they're like, Oh, I just went on holiday to, you know, like Greece or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but I found that like The the fact that they were kind of just giving their random uninformed opinions on many, many topics, I was just like, that was getting on my goat a little bit. Mm. But they've kind of revived lately since coronavirus. They've been doing a bit more research. Yeah. cool. They've been getting a bit more informed. Yeah. That's what I felt for a little while. I was like, I feel like they're a little bit uninformed, these ladies. Yeah. Especially Pandora. She's like, I just think, and I'm like, (laughs) nobody cares what you think. Like you should actually, you should be extremely online Panda.
1: Yeah exactly extremely online yeah. that's funny I mean yeah I'm getting I'm, I haven't been honestly I just haven't been listening to a lot of podcasts lately um, Maybe a lot less as well yeah, yeah it's the no commuting you know just kind of yeah. I'm bopping around the house I'm more in a music music mode um, yeah you me know too. yeah which is good I love a bit of music in the house you know a little bit
0: oh, yeah. a little bit
1: of hygge as they say Huge, <laughs> huge. <Hyger. Hyger. laughs> Swedish
0: is it Swedish? Nordic it's Danish Danish I'm like it's definitely yeah, Nordic we'll link that in the show notes as well that's a really fun little concept to play with if you I don't know it. about I it I absolutely love it
1: alright everybody that has been our lovely episode 55 ooh Holy macker friggin' rony, I'll tell you, that's crazy. Um, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you. Yeah. If you uh, like always, if you have any questions or you want to send us a like nice email or a mean, don't actually don't send us a mean email. No mean. We'd rather yeah. not. Yeah. Um, that would be great.
0: Yeah. Oh, the emails. Behave and the, yourselves. Behave yourselves. Spit be- your fingers. Give them make a spritz toast in the morning. <laughs> Don't drink hydrochloric acid or whatever it is. What is it? Is. What's the thing that he's. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, who knows? Yeah. Let's not give it. Yeah. Don't do that yet unless it's FDA approved. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. Have a lovely week at work and don't be a dick. Bye bye.